Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. On ESPN 106.7. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Thursday edition of The Drive. Hope everybody doing well. Another uh, nice, pleasant fall afternoon. Temperature is going to creep back up just a little bit over the next couple of days, and it's going to be a little warmer than this on Saturday afternoon, but still not uh, not ridiculously hot. So uh, that's that's pretty much the forecast for the next, like, week and a half. I think I, – I don't know that I've ever seen a forecast, Dan. Uh, maybe maybe it's not showing like this on, on your phone or something, but I saw a forecast last night that called for a 0% chance of rain for the next 10 days. That's very we, unusual. Th- there there was a – I know that counties in Alabama have issued – was it the no-burn? Yes. Uh, no, no-burn notices, mm-hmm. which is usually in anticipation of drought-like yeah, conditions. We're, 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 on the, we're on the edge, the precipice of a, a drought-like I believe so, somebody locally, maybe the city of Opelika, somebody has issued a no-burn notice, like locally, to say, like, hmm. don't, don't have fires outside. Well, out if there's that. not going to be any – you know, dampness at all to speak of that, that makes a lot of sense. So now the the highs, now the highs are in the mid eighties for the next 10 days. And there's actually a, uh, there's a high lows are going to be in the sixties. So it's not going to be terribly unpleasant. It's going to be dry. The Saturday after, uh, this upcoming Saturday, which I believe is the rodeo, um, that there's a lot, there's a lot going on. That's by, that's by week. A lot going on. By week, by week Saturday. Um, and that is a, how about a high of 78, Wow, uh, that day, according to it. Now that's ten days out from Apple, but uh, yeah, we could uh, could be in. As Justin Ferguson likes to say, uh, hoodie and shorts weather could be approaching uh, very, very soon. And uh, and yeah, look, looking I, forward uh, to it. That that off Saturday. Hey, Justin Ferguson. Hi, everyone. Um, that off Saturday. I summoned him. I have uh, I have I have tickets to Game One in the NLDS uh, for the, whoever the Braves end up playing. So. It'd be nice to have some good weather for that one. Oh, it sounds like looking, it's going to be great. Yeah, that looking, would be looking just forward perfect. to it. Yeah, that's what I said. There's a lot going on. Could could that, that be the could that be the Phillies or? Yeah, it could be. Okay, because I was thinking it's going to be the it's going to be the Phillies Ooh. and whoever comes yeah. out on the other side of that. Ooh, Phillies Phillies Braves be a heck of a five game. Uh, oh yeah, NLDS. I mean, yeah, I guess, again, I guess no matter. <laughs> I mean, if if we get if we get Phillies Braves Dodgers Brewers right, like that's a pretty solid. And that's not to write anybody else off, right? Because there are some. Well, that would teams. be writing other people off. No, but I mean, who else is in the? Because well, the other pick, the other ones aren't really settled, right? Like the other no, teams no, in the playoffs, right. no. like we don't know. It could be the, Di- no, right? the, Di- the Diamondbacks right now have the second spot, and the Marlins, because of a tiebreaker, have the third spot. The Cubs because are the Cubs, tied, but they don't have the tiebreaker. <laughs> the Cubs breaker. got addicted this week to losing in the weirdest fashion yeah. ever. So. Well, sorry, sorry, Drew, but but it could be. Drew just muted me. It, it could be. Uh, yeah, so I mean, no, and I don't want to dismiss the possibility that the the Diamondbacks or the Cubs or the uh, at one or the point Marlins. in time the the Diamondbacks are playing some of the best baseball in the NL. How about um, this, Bill? Of those three teams, Diamondbacks, Cubs, Marlins, is there one that you think if they got in as a wild card team could do some damage in the playoffs against the other teams we're talking? I about? I think I think any of the three could. Yeah, I really do. Um, Diamondbacks, 
I, I, you know, I wonder after their top two starters what they have. How's mm-hmm. Steele pitching uh, these days? Is he still he has he down the stretch. He hasn't been okay because he, he was an, he was a Cy Young contender he for was Chicago. Great. Yeah, for, he was for great. I guess Arizona Arizona with with Gallon Gallon and Kelly and, and Kelly. Then, and then it's yeah. like who knows yeah. after that? And well, it might be the fat man, right? After the way he yeah, just. Might, but I'm I'm saying. And I know. I'm not. Count, I'm not to a, count on a guy who has. He's had a couple of good games, but got an ERA north of five. Sure, but I mean, I, but is he is he the third best starting pitcher he, for the Diamondbacks right be, now? I mean, so I, I wonder if he would be. I mean, they just they just released Zach Davies. I think Ryan Nelson is maybe be Nelson the number three yeah. guy in, in a. So they would need. That's the best of three series, right? Like those are the mm-hmm. right. Those, those yeah. Someone someone's got to advance out of that, and then uh, and, and then the, the winners. Is it one and two get the buys out of that? Yes. And so yeah. So presumably, the, I mean, we know the Dodgers and the Braves are going to be in the NLDS. And then uh, Brewers, Cubs, Brewers, whoever. Phillies, the, Brewers, right Phillies, now it's yeah. right now it would be it would be Cubs, Marlins, uh, Diamondbacks, uh, Phillies would be the would be okay. the two series. I believe that's right. The no. Brewers are a, the Brewers no, 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 are a dangerous. Sorry, the other way around. Okay. Well, the Cubs the Cubs are on the outside looking in, right? That's the Brewer, right. That's the Brewers right. and the Phillies would not play each other because they're the three and the four. Right. Like, so no, that, yeah, they, it's Brewers. Um, the Brewers, and, the, and those are the host cities because they, they don't travel. Yeah. They, they don't, they don't yeah. travel in the best Brewers of three. Marlins. So, so yeah. the games, the series right now would presumably be at Milwaukee and Philly, Philadelphia. Yeah. And it'll be in Milwaukee no matter what, and I'm pretty and sure it's it'll be, be in Philly, Philly no matter they, what. They've yeah. clinched the top yeah. wild card. Yeah. It's an, an interesting new format to get six mm-hmm. uh, to get six teams in in the uh, in the in the National League, and, and I'm interested to see if it. I mean, last year it allowed. I think it allowed. It, it may have helped Philadelphia. Oh, it definitely to, did. To, to heat up, and that that you know, we'll see if the one and two seeder at something. Do you, at what point do you think that becomes a disadvantage, Bill? Like how long? How long of a break? Right for that for for uh, for teams. I don't like know. The I think it depends. Dodgers. It depends on how healthy you are and how you've been playing. I think they'll both welcome a break. Yeah, Braves would love would love some rest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right and the Dodger and the Dodgers would love to be able to trust a starting pitcher other than uh, Clayton Kershaw in a playoff game. And I know it's Clayton Kershaw, and people are going to say, "Can you trust Clayton Kershaw in a playoff game?" But who else? Uh, well, the I mean, number two guy. Is, I mean, is, is it the Miller? Is it the rookies? Is it the kids? Yeah, no, yeah, the number Sheehan two. and Sheehan and Miller. Pepio's got a. Pepio uh, sub two ERA. Yeah, so I mean, I think it's the, it would be the kids. But he doesn't start. You know, he always comes in after the first. Sheehan, Sheehan has been great. He has. Like Sheehan has had a month of great pitching, so I imagine he would be next up. Lance Lynn is. Uh, Lance Lynn may be long gone. Old Lance Lynn, yeah. might, I mean, he He's, might. Yeah, the old Lance, the, the Lance Lynn of earlier this year. Has Probably used him out of the bullpen though, if he well, can. I wonder if if he'd. Uh, oh, you know what? You know a stat I saw. Speaking of the Dodgers, before we move on, it is Georgia week, so we'll probably talk some football. Um, of it's everyone, Tigers Bulldogs week in in every everyone who uh, of everyone who pitched more than I think sixty three innings this year, uh, Gratterall the, uh, the the lowest ERA of, of everyone in uh, in baseball the the Dodgers uh, reliever so yeah a couple of uh, I think I think that would if we get the expected Dodgers uh, uh, Braves NLCS it'll it'll be great but I think this format allows for uh, for for anything to happen. Yep. Uh, so. Yeah, we will talk a little. I think we'll talk a little football as we move on. Again, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer here with us in the studio along with Bill and Dan. Drew at the controls. We'd love for you to join in. You can uh, call us, 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, available however you listen to podcasts. And with that, uh, let, let's uh, uh, let's talk to uh, Justin a little bit about about the status of Auburn football now. 
coming back after that 27-10 loss last week uh, at College Station, a game that Auburn was in it Mm -hmm. until the third quarter when uh, they just – uh, things got out of control. Yeah, and even even then, I mean, you, you kick a field goal in the fourth quarter, it's a one score. Yeah, game. if you score any yeah. any you yeah. know, any type of score is going to put you within one score. Yeah, I got a question for the mailbag uh, that comes out tomorrow. Is like, you know, what is basically like, what's 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 good? Is there anything good? Like, you know, like Auburn's defense is playing pretty defense, good football. Absolutely, this is a top thirty defense by SP. This is a top twenty defense in yards per play uh nationally top 30 in scoring defense against power five competition so i mean they've done a really good job i think especially when you consider the injuries that they that they've had and i know you know they gave up some big plays in that game that's gonna happen it's football like you know rarely are you gonna not give up explosive mm-hmm. plays especially with as much talent as and, texas and, a&m has. and especially the last one i mean yeah. auburn was gassed by then it was a hot hot day mm-hmm. auburn had had a few players already go down yep and uh, i mean it was tough but I mean that the one that that put the ball game away uh, came, you know, came when, when Auburn was really didn't have any legs. Left. But I mean, obviously, the big story coming out of the game was just Auburn had no quarterback play to speak of in this one. Uh, Peyton Thorne really struggled. Uh, I ran the numbers this week. If you add up passing yards and sack yards and 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 all of that, uh, Auburn had less than a yard per pass play against Texas A and M. I mean, mm-hmm. just, you can't beat anybody with that, much less a, a team as talented as A and M on the road. You know what's um, crazy? All right, so did, did Dan tell you? Yeah, the I stole it. I stole yeah. it and used it on the, we, I mean, on the podcast. We, Although we were, I, I started looking at that and was thinking about somebody said something about first down passes, and I looked and it's like Auburn was good mm-hmm. throwing the ball on first down. I mean, yeah. uh, at least in the first half, Peyton was four for four. Yeah, on first down passes. Now he got sacked the last time. A lot of screens, a lot of quick stuff. Yeah, but but. That was the that was the only thing that was really working for him in the passing and, game, and that's and that's the thing we've heard it all this week. It's like why didn't Auburn run the ball more? Well, A and M teed off on them. The deeper they got into the game, they were really getting Auburn's offensive front. But when they knew Auburn didn't really have any sort of threat to throw the ball downfield, why you know why not load up and and, and try to make you know uh, try to dare Auburn to throw the ball? So um, yeah, I mean you go back and look. Uh, there were a lot of first downs where Auburn ran the ball and were immediately by, immediately got thrown behind the chains. And that's the thing about this Georgia game coming up. They play A&M. They played A&M. Now they're playing Georgia. Very similar teams stylistically. A lot of talent on the defensive front. You have to be balanced. People can come into this game and say Auburn needs to run the ball more. If Auburn runs the ball more, it needs to be a product of the fact that they are playing well and can run the ball more. Yeah, more running than just the ball it. and being successful running the ball. I mean, just lining up and yeah. trying to run people the ball isn't be, necessarily people going to be. You know, successful. people aren't going to be saying like, you know, Jarquez Hunter needs twenty touches. Well, you're not going to say that after the game. They're like, oh, thank God, you know, Jarquez got twenty touches. If it's, and he ran it, for forty five yards. Exactly. So I mean, it's like a, that's the that's the thing is like in a thirty eight to three loss. It's yeah. like, Right. Yeah, well, at least you know you got right, you're running exactly. back on twenty so You have to have some sort of balance because it is a death sentence if you try to play one dimensionally against Georgia. They're too good, uh, especially in run defense. They're, that Georgia run defense has been pretty nasty this season, even without it. That's the thing I was talking to on our podcast that came out this morning with with Jordan and, and Ben from from uh, Dogs Two Four Seven is just like. Georgia doesn't have a Jordan Davis. They don't have a Jalen Carter on this team, but they are still just making a ton of plays mm-hmm. in the, against the against the run this year, and that's that's yeah, one. They of those still things. have a bunch of players that are better than yours. What yeah, they might for the Auburn, most part. I think Auburn could move the ball on their ground against Georgia. I think they I think they could, but it's going to be a product of 
the fact that Georgia can't just tee off on you. Yeah, you you can't you can't do that against Georgia or hardly anybody when everybody's expecting. Heck, Auburn couldn't do it against Sanford when right. Sanford was stacking the, the box. Way, so what is it going to happen when you play one of the most talented teams in the country? The way, and, and we talked about it with with uh, with Jordan and Ben yesterday, like the the way Georgia has absorbed the loss of some really important guys up front is that they might be better as good as they've been the last two years in the secondary. They th- this this might be. Uh, one through either one through four with the starters, or when you factor in the backups, like this might be as good as Georgia's been back there. Uh, ben was talking about, well, yeah, they were talking about the the the, the corner opposite uh, Lassiter. Lassiter is, uh, I mean, he's he's been a starter since the day he arrived on campus, and when you think about the fact that he's playing at Georgia, and he might win his third national championship this year, like that's a that's a crazy accomplishment. For a defensive back tells you how good it is. So I think that they trust this. It's like we were saying with Auburn earlier this season. Like maybe Georgia trusts the secondary so much that they can take more chances up front with what they're doing because they feel like they. Oh know. yeah, they can. They can. They feel like they can man up, especially yeah. against an Auburn receiver core that hasn't shown anything. But really. I agree. I, mean, I agree they're with sort of be able to beat you one on one. I mean, it's it's a very select. Uh, you know, it's it's one half and and just the the first down passing plays. But it feels like. And maybe this is part of the reason why it's going to be Peyton Thorne and not Robbie Ashford, presumably based on Hugh Freeze's comments, is maybe Auburn feels like they have to throw early to uh, to, to have any chance at all. You know, early as in, like early down, early yeah, downs. Auburn's got to advance the ball through the air on early downs mm-hmm. to have any chance at all against uh, uh, against uh, Georgia's defense. Tell you what, we'll get to our first break because want to have plenty of time for Dak when we come back. You can get in behind him, 334-321-1390. We're just underway here on the Thursday Drive. My joints aren't what they used to be. And 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 18 minutes after 4 o'clock here on this Thursday afternoon. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson got Drew at the controls as usual. And let's get to the phone. And Dak is up first. Hey, Dak. Hey, guys. Good to talk to you today. Uh, Yeah, I I think you have to go with Thorne to start off with. Uh, You know, I'm hoping that after uh, this week's film session and watching it as as a team, as an offensive team, that, he got embarrassed a little bit and uh, humiliated, and you know that'll do a, a, a lot. Uh, when you, you learn a lot from that situation, I can remember you know Coach Dye and, and the offensive staff you watching it as a as a group, and and they point stuff out to embarrass you. I mean it, that is that is a big lesson learned right there, and and I just hope that that uh, whoever the quarterback is, that they're not that. that that they would dish it off to the running back on a swing and just getting rid of it quick. You know, nine out of ten times you're gonna get positive yardage if you if you do that. And um, I, I don't know. I, I just I, think, I think uh, Jack. I tell you what. I think asking for positive yardage on some of those sack plays might be too much. I would take a throwaway in some of those situations. I'm I'm a big I'm a fr- yeah. I'm a big believer the lost art of throw it at the feet of the nearest eligible guy if it's a running back or a tight end or whatever like just just save yourself the save yourself the three or four i don't know how many times i don't know how many times that was a real option for peyton against a&m but it felt like that was every time guys yeah that 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 felt like something where yeah i I expected that's where i expected his experience as a multi-year starter in the big 10 to show up a little bit more 
Right. I, I agree with that. Um, but, I mean, you know, I used to get frustrated even when Gus was here. Uh, uh, how many times the back would be open. Mm-hmm. And, you know, look, guys, a linebacker is responsible for that running back. How many times really is a running back going to make that tackle? Maybe one out of four, one out of five. And there's nothing wrong with dishing that thing out there to him on a swing or, you know, uh, out in the flats. But, but yeah. anyway, I'll hang up and listen to your thoughts, guys. Uh, good show. Uh, here's my thing about the Peyton Thorne situation this week is I get not going away from him this week. This feels to me, and this might be a little too melodramatic, but this feels kind of like a sink or swim situation if you're Pey- Peyton Thorne. It's like, hey, next week – We've got an off week, and like Freeze said earlier in the week, they've got a lot they want to have to fix and discuss and evaluate and analyze and all that. You're going to play at home against Georgia. Um, This is an elite defense. Do you have what it takes to play a good game and show improvement against a good defense? If so, all right, let's hit the second half of the season and, 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 and build from there. If not, it might be time to change some things up at the position. So... That's the thing about Thorne that has kind of struck me is that, you know, he's played in big games before. He's played against some good teams before. Now, he didn't light up Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State during his time as Michigan State's, you know, quarterback. I'm not expecting him to go in and throw for 300, especially with this receiving group and the offensive line and all that. But you got to be you got to be a lot better than, than what you were. And for Auburn, it's, you know, the one thing I'll say, Robbie Ashford, you know, did a good job of in the second half against Texas A&M. He got out of pressure, or, mm-hmm. or just let the ball go. And 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 you know, there was that throw downfield to Shane Hooks. A&M sends five. They get loose. He's going one on one. I'm going to send it. And like that is a whole lot better than holding on to the ball and turtling up and taking a sack and trying to minimize the damage. It's just they've got they've got to get the ball out of his hands quicker. And and you know. I don't know. It feels, I don't think it's all yeah. on Thorn, but it, it it definitely is one of those things where like there are guys open, there are dump off options. To Dak's point about dumping it off to the running back, there was one sack that he took in the first half where Brian, where the, the play was a screen, the play was a screen to the left side of the field. A and M sent a got, had a had a free rusher on that side, and instead of catching the ball and letting it go. Wait, is this is this the one where the two players pointed out? Yes. See, I'm, I'm the more I watch that play, the more I'm convinced it's a quarterback draw. I don't believe don't that so? for a moment. Oh. They they're setting up a, a screen on the other it's, side. It's of the, the field. it's the it's the lineman. It's the yeah. You I know couldn't I mean? tell if they were going to fake a screen or really yeah. set it up. I, I Second thought, and ten. I thought the, I thought that you know what I mean. Just the way the way the the way the line of scrimmage reacts makes me think maybe Peyton Thorne thought he could beat the guy up the middle. And that's why he didn't change it. I don't think it's a good plan either way. There were a couple of times, and I think that plays one of them. In the first half of a football game, I'm fine with burning a timeout before snapping the ball if a play looks doomed. Maybe in the second half, you got to be more careful about when you do that. But I thought there were a couple of times where it just didn't seem favorable. They didn't call – that's because – Justin, if I'm – is that one where they don't – they didn't actually call it a sack, right? Is that the is that the play where there's a dispute? No, they called it a run. Yeah, yeah, they. I think they because he caught it and immediately tucked it. Yeah, they, but but yeah, it's a there's yeah. no play there. Like like there's no shot at him getting positive yards on that. Play. There there are other plays that I feel like are are more absolutely clearly pass plays. Like there's no yeah. even middle ground. And there's like the same the same question we're saying was like was there was there no one there's nowhere the ball could have gone. I understand not wanting to throw it downfield if it's covered up, but. 
like you can't this, take sacks. Yeah, like I mean, RG three hammered that point on the television you, you, broadcast that. I mean, those yardage, that, sacks, that yardage adds up. Taking sacks is – it's basically like this. If if a guy is – if you're dead to rights and there's no way you're getting out of it, yeah, you take a sack there. That's fine. Hold on to the ball. Don't put it in danger. But when it's a drop back and you have had time, taking a sack should be the last resort. Yeah. It should, no. not, be the, it should not be the first option. Right. I mean, uh, if, yeah, if, if you are dead and you, and you can't get out of the pocket and there's nobody to throw it to, there's nothing else you can do. Right. But – there were that several wasn't times. the case. I mean, every the, time. I mean, there was one sack uh, in the second quarter where it was a guy that came in late because Thorne just didn't pull the trigger, and he had two, three different guys open in the pack. Is that the one where the guy kind of comes from behind and and like yeah, Thorne, yeah, like Thorne's Thorne's covered up on all times. It, yeah, there's there's ones where, I mean, and those are, those are drive killers. Those yeah. are, I mean, they they really are. And uh, well, that's the thing. This offense, when you look at the when you look at the nature of this offense, it's supposed to be kind of quick striking, and it just you, your quarterback's got to be confident enough to do it. And they got to run plays. Like this week, there's been a lot of talk about play calling and, and all that. I, I did not, I did not think the play calling was as bad as people made it out to be. I think whenever an offense looks this bad, it immediately is like, well, the play calling was terrible, and it's like. I, I don't think uh, there were obviously times where it was like I'm not sure what's going on there or what the what the plan was, but guys were open. I mean, Freeze said it on Monday. Watch the film. Dudes I'm, were open. I might have thrown I might have thrown away any design runs with Peyton after the first after the first couple of. After, after, but after there the, weren't any. I know. I mean, yeah, that's, there, there that's, weren't any. Yeah, I mean, it's it just like you're a lot of, I mean play calling can look bad when especially when the the few times the play call looks bad when it isn't executed. Absolutely, you track the number of times Peyton had a clean pocket. Um, and, and add you know factor in the number of times he had a clean pocket and a wide receiver open. Oh, the, ball, the ball's ball's got to get there. In guys, those, in those. this is the stat that gets me more than anything. With a clean, in the two games against Power Five competition this year, with a clean pocket, no no pressure. Peyton Thorne's fifty six percent passer, and that, that's crazy because I mean he was, that was not who, who he was. No, in no, State. he was no. he was he was much much better than that overall. I yes. mean, he was a sixty-five percent. There's some guy. sort of disconnect there, and, and again, when I when I say I didn't think the play calling was bad, and it's the execution. This is not. I, I think we did this during the Harson era too. That's not me saying like, "Hey, it's the players' fault and not the coaches." The coaches are paid to make sure the players can execute right and have the plan. Guys are going to mess up. Guys are going to make mistakes. That happens, but. Is for four quarters for four quarters of the game, and it looked like Auburn didn't have an answer for what A and M was doing with their pressure. Something's got to get fixed there. Something's got to get better. Is here? Here's a question: You'd have a better idea than I. I mean, is is what Auburn's asking Peyton to do completely different than anything he did at Michigan State? I think the RPOs it feels it feels like, or it looks like that's the way he yeah. is playing. So. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Like, if you don't have the play call in, in right. the design there, like, I don't know what all is an option route, but there's so many option routes in this offense where it's like he's taking a snap and he's not exactly sure where the where the wide receiver is going to be on a given play because of how the defense is playing him, how they release, all that kind of stuff. And I think there might be some of that. You take the snap and it's like, well, usually I know this guy's going to go this way and that guy's going to go that way. Yeah, and if that's, when, if that's what you've been your whole life, Right, it's got to be a little different. It's got to be different. And when you've been playing, and you, just, in a, and you got here this yeah. summer, and now it's like, okay, 
and you can be as smart as can be. You know the word. The and you word can be the done, best. Qu- you can be the best quarterback on the team, and you can be. You that's can. Right. You can run the thing better than anybody. At but practice. if you're. But if. But if that's not something that's almost second nature to you, and you just don't know it, and you're you're having to think, oh, I've got to do this, and then then yeah, it's going to make you appear. I think the option routes are know, the things that I'm I'm more curious about maybe than necessarily the RPOs because the RPOs are just like, hey, you either throw it or you don't. You either throw it or you hand it off, and. I think Albert could definitely use more of that, but it is it has been a transition. And you gotta keep in mind he made it very quickly. Um, but like there's a disconnect from what we saw at Michigan State, what we saw in the in the preseason mm-hmm. from him and what we've seen now. Now it's yeah, just, and, it's and, just and two and games. Hugh Freeze He's, talks about yeah. how good a week of practice he had last week. If you remember right. the the issues Auburn's defense had lining up earlier in the season and then Hugh Freeze talking about you no know, we were the alignment problems. We talked to Don Dunn about that and he said what, what he suspects you're going to see across college football is that with the number of guys that are joining teams in the spring and especially the number of guys that are joining teams in the summer, you're going to have to simplify. Like, you you got to make this thing as – I don't know if – I'm not saying you got to play Tech Mobile, right, 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 Justin? Like, it doesn't, have to be, it doesn't have to be eight plays to the left and eight plays to the right, and that's all. But I do wonder if you need to drastically simplify what you're asking – uh, uh, quarterbacks do not just at Auburn, but I think in general, especially when guys join the team after the spring semester is over and have a lot of work to do, uh, building chemistry yeah. and timing. I, I just I don't know. Like I wonder uh-huh. if I wonder if we're going to need to see things scaled back because guys aren't spending a year I, le- learning this playbook and, and building chemistry with their teammates. The, the thing with that though, and I'm not I'm not disagreeing with 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 that content. I think it's definitely true of the Ron Roberts defense and just how complex and a lot of different movement parts there. It's not like the Hugh Freeze, Philip Montgomery offenses in the past are the most complex things in the world. Um, they were pretty lethal because they went fast and they and they were built to attack whatever the defense was throwing at you. Um, it's, it's, just, scary, it's scary to think that the A&M version was the simplified offense. Like what, what you saw. I mean, not the, and look, and some of it was play calling, as Hugh Freeze acknowledged. Sure. But some, but some of it was some of it was execution. And, and like, yeah, it's execution. Like, you know, you can have a good play call, but if your dude's getting beat up front, that's going to happen. Now, I think the pass protection breaking down was more of a problem in the second half than it was in the first half. I thought they held up decently. Yeah, I, th- I thought so too. And then by the second half, it was like, well, these guys are five stars and you're not, and they're going to win more often than not. Well, and, and that's what it looked like. And, and, going and there were three, breakdowns going there. Three and out so. and them scoring. I mean, it's yeah. like you're, you're further behind and they're, and they're more and more confident. You're not going to run the ball. You need to throw the ball. We're going to come after you. We're going to run blitz. We're going to. I mean, we're going to do a whatever we start, can to disrupt. You. A fast start for for Georgia would just be right. I mean, it would, would no. just it would it would uh, you know, d- doom would be uh, would would be you know closing in on on Auburn in that situation. I mean, it just doesn't feel like that's not a defense you want to be having to come back against. Mm. Right? Like now you can you can disrupt Georgia's uh, mindset. You can d- disrupt Georgia's game plan uh, by by you know getting an early score or two. South Carolina did that. Georgia. Found a way to come back in the second half. Georgia but. hadn't started fast yet, but then they haven't been on the road. Maybe, you know, maybe getting out of Athens, they'll start faster. You sure hope not if you're Auburn. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Uh, Bill. Bill, hang on. You'll be up when we come back here on the Thursday Drive. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502. Or email us at the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive, 25 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Thursday. And let's get back to the phone. And Bill is up next. Hey, Bill. Hey, guys. How was 
I had a couple of things I want to throw out there. The first one is there, there seems to be no utilization of the tight end at all in this offense. Uh, I, you know, Fromm and Dale have, uh, have done well in the past, but uh, you don't even see Fromm involved in much of anything. Bill noticed, anymore. you know, Bill, Bill, uh, Bill noticed that Brandon Frazier was on the field a lot in the first quarter. Uh, yeah, and I wasn't in the box, but I mean, I could see, I was wondering when Auburn was running the ball that 87 was in as much or more than 86. Luke Deal only played 11 snaps. Yeah, and that's a little. That's more than a little bit Surprising. of a surprise. And, yeah. it do, and it does feel like Fairweather, you know, just based on what we've seen through four games, would you know has made a compa- you know has made a case to be one of the guys who should sure. be targeted in the passing game. Hasn't hasn't really. They're, yeah, they're not getting a ton of opportunities. He did sail that ball to Fromm on. It was the first quarter, second quarter. Uh, one of those seam balls. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it was Fromm. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, you're you're right. That that is. It was a little bit more surprising, especially Rivaldo. I mean, he's been arguably your best weapon this year, and and uh, you didn't go to him nearly enough. And and you know, I don't. I don't I'm not going to make a thing of, of bashing off players. I, you know, but and I'm not bashing. I don't believe. But I'm just you know, speaking what I believe. I don't believe you can stick with. Uh, I I like uh, Peyton. So he seems like a good a good young man. I know he wants to do. He probably wants to see more than anybody. But guys, business is business, and uh, if he gets off to a slow start yeah. or a bizarre start, sad, you're gonna get run out of that building. Yeah, and they're gonna have, they're, you know, you know, like the business, is business. You're gonna, I, I think you got, I think you got a better chance of of minimizing the the, the disaster if you go to. Um, you're just gonna have to go to Ashford, like you said. He he can get out of some messes, and he does. He will throw the ball away now. And his passing has gotten a little better, um, oh, yeah. I, I believe. From, from a, you know, Bill, I think a I think they be, I think they believe that the best chance to win is still with Peyton Thorne playing well. It's just a matter of I, I do agree. Yeah, but if he doesn't this time, it, sure. yes, then and, and you might get a quicker hook. May not be another. You might get a quicker a hook in this game because yes. I will say that about about it with Ashford. Ashford does have that little bit to him, where it's like even if. You have to run the ball more with Ashford than than you would with with Thorne. He can move the ball when the defense knows it's going to be a run and play. Like they have been pretty effective. Uh, I went back and looked when Ashford was in the game against Texas A and M. Auburn's running game had about five yards of carry. It was a little bit more consistent. Uh, it was a very boomer bust with Thorne on the field. So, uh, Bill, to your point, like I, I think, yeah, you're right. You know, the kid wants to succeed. He's a team captain. People had a lot of faith in him uh, heading into the year. And I think the players and the coaches still think he can he can bounce back. But you're right, you know, you're about to come into an off week and then then a you know seven games for the rest of the year, and it would be time if Auburn wanted to make a move. It would be next week. So this is kind of a hey, you're playing an elite team. Uh, it's a time to bounce back. It's one more opportunity if you're Peyton Thorne. And, and I you're surely, at home. And you're yeah, at home. Yeah, I surely wouldn't say if you don't win. No, I wouldn't no, no, do no. anything like. But you I'm, need to show improvement. You, know, right, you need to show right. progress. You know what? Because there's because there's been there's been some negativity around Peyton. You know what? You know what I hope he hears is is genuinely is that if he goes out there to start the game against Georgia and hits a couple of passes, that place is going to be going crazy, and they're going to have his back, and they're not going to be thinking about A and M or hey, Cal or anything. Do, like you, if, do you remember if, what happened on the first play of the Georgia game in twenty one, or the first series of the Georgia game in twenty one? Auburn kicked a field goal, but it was a 17-play drive where they just kept yeah, chunking right. yeah. and like getting get. But they got to get some momentum a, like a, that. A, a short field goal, right? They got yeah. they got like yeah. into yeah, the. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So is that goal line fades? Are we back I think to it maybe, maybe, maybe right? anyway? I, I will say this: 
you know, back to Bill's point, like this, this offense is at its best with Peyton Thorne playing well because he gives you the passing that you need. We have not seen that from Robbie Ashford at this point in his college career to be a consistent passer. We have not seen that from obviously Holden Garner because he hasn't had that many opportunities. However, if Thorne continues to struggle, they might have to turn to that and yeah. see what see what they've got. You've got to consider other options. Yep. And I, and I and I know Thorne's played against real good teams in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, the, you know the, the the thing that got my eye in the Cal game is when he got the ball got knocked out. I don't know. He's trying to switch arms with it, and I'm I'm thinking, why wouldn't an experienced quarterback move the ball around? You know, and that was lucky. That wasn't a, was a touchdown. The referee just didn't didn't see the. But the thing Saturday is, uh, yeah, you're right. He, you do have a better chance to win with him playing well. But against, uh, well, against real good, we haven't seen that. We saw it against yeah, yeah. Some, some lesser teams. And, and what's going to, what's coming, you know. And now here's the I, thing. I, I, I A&M say, is I not a lesser result, team. A&M is by far the best team no, we've seen, played we've seen, so We've far. seen Thorn play well against lesser teams. Right. That's okay. what he's saying. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and guys, I can take the results win or lose, as long as the kids go out there and do the best they can do. But Peyton Thorne's got to produce, uh, you know, business, no business, and, and uh, yeah, uh, right. you know, if, if you look lost and bewildered at the end of the second drive, uh, to me, that's it. You have to, you know, that's all I got, guys. I, I appreciate the time. I no, appreciate the call, Bill. I, I, there is something, and again, I don't want to, I don't want to play amateur psychologist. Uh, especially with college football players, I hate I hate when people do that. So I'm going to try to avoid it here. Zion Puckett said something really interesting earlier this week, and it was talking about like getting all the calls and stuff right and at safety, and when guys get hurt, how much tougher it is. And he was like, I, I can't remember who asked the question, but it was like people watching don't know how hard that is, like to out, out there, like what all you have to do before a snap and and all that, and. Puckett said something along the lines of like people don't realize how much of football is mental, how much mm-hmm. how much we have to do is is mental, and I say that to say this: Peyton Thorne didn't automatically just become a bad quarterback. I we do know from here and from from uh, from Hugh Freeze that Thorne will press, that he'll get out, you know, he'll 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 he'll, he'll try to force things, kind of get out of rhythm, out of whack that way. Some some things I'd heard from about his time at Michigan State too, and I do wonder if a lot of what Peyton Thorne's going through right now is, is just kind of mental and needs some confidence and needs some, needs some like, you know, uh, again, it's not like he's incapable of playing good football against good opponents. We see have a seen shot that. go in. All right. You've been, you, you went to yeah, basketball right. practice earlier today. Yeah. Yeah. Get a, hit a couple of shots. All right. All right. We've, we were talking baseball at the start. I mean, the greatest, you know, the, the greatest hitters get in slumps. Yeah. And, yeah. and start losing confidence. They can hit the I problem mean, though, is that, Unlike basketball and unlike baseball, there's only a limited amount of times right. you can play football. You're only like, doing you know, it once a week. You're only doing it that once counts. a week. Yeah, and you only do it 12, 13 times yep. a year. So, I mean, like Bill said, like it is, it is business, and like it, it's you know, time. And 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 Hugh Freeze talked like a guy on Monday that isn't just going to sit around and just say, "Well, it's year one. Well, you know, we no. got to get better. Got to fix it. Got to fix it because you got to put something on the field that people can buy into for the future." We'll get one more call before our final break of hour number one. Inspector is next. Hey, Inspector. Hey, guys. Hey, tell, tell me what I am missing here. Uh, Peyton Thorne, has he got a no-bitch contract or what? No. 
He was, no, be- I mean, he was benched against A&M. Right. What I'm talking about as a starter. No, Listen, we were just we were just talking. I mean, the way Hugh Freeze he, he didn't guarantee that Peyton was the starter, but it, I, I do but, think the all, I but, do think if he struggles the off week, yeah, but we change. feel like that, that the game is going to start that way. But you know, the hook's got to be shorter. Yeah, I, I still think I still think they think that the best chance they have to win Specter is with Peyton Thorne playing well. Hello, let me get this out, okay? Who's the better team, Georgia or A and M? Georgia. All right, who's got the most uh, uh, experience playing the SEC team, Ashford or Thorne? In the SEC, Ashford. All right. How many yards did uh, Thorne get against A&M? Forty-something. How many yards did Ashford get against Georgia? Last last year? year. Mm, I don't know. Uh, 165. Yeah, he was 13 for 38, I believe. Yes. So – you playing a number one team in the nation. You're not playing just. You're not playing Vanderbilt, right? So your better chance of winning is going with a possibility. You've gotten two running backs. You got Ashford and Hunter. With Thorne, well, I would agree. You if you, you know what, Spectre, I'll agree. If you dismiss everything Peyton Thorne did in his college football career before coming to Auburn, Robbie Ashford probably gives you a better chance to win. Exactly, he does. That's, that's why I just, I'm, I'm confused. But I well, don't think the coaching staff is dismissing everything Peyton Thorne's done in his college football career I, I before coming to I can assure you, I can assure you, Spectre, that Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery are not playing Peyton Thorne because they guaranteed him he'd no, start. I, I uh, think, they're, they're playing. Yeah. They're going to start the guy who they think gives them the best chance to win. Now They're also they starting the guy that, who beat Robbie Ashford out in a competition this offseason to be the starting quarterback. Like I think that's also important to point out. Like Robbie does have more experience against SEC teams, but when these two quarterbacks were in competition a month ago, uh, the coaching staff decided that Peyton Thorne gave the team the best chance to win. But it could well turn out sort of like Texas A&M. Max Johnson had more starting experience than Connor Wegman did. Connor Wegman was the starter. Now, unfortunately, he got injured, but Max Johnson came in and now will be their starter and may well you know, lead them to – more victories than Wegman would have. You never know until you get out there and play. I mean, if, right. this, if this coaching staff believed that Robbie Ashford or Holden Gurner gave them a better chance to win Saturday than Peyton Thorne did, they'd, they'd go with that quarterback. I mean, I think they're trying to win this game. It's not about promises made on the recruiting trail or, or, or anything like that. I think it's that they think that Peyton Thorne, as a passer, still gives them the best chance to, to move the ball through the air. Yeah, what did you say about Johnson, Bill? I said, you know, Max Johnson was beaten out by Connor Wegman at Texas A&M this year, and he has more experience than Connor Wegman in the SEC. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but who got, who got the better game out of that? Uh, Max so far. I thought Max yeah, played right. really well, yeah. Yeah, so that's what I mean. It can happen. But coaches are going to, you know, you, you, you earn the job in practice, and then but then you keep it. Uh, or lose it by what's going on in the field, and that's what we're saying. It's not a it's not a sure thing that Peyton Thorne um, will remain the starter if things don't change. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we'll just wait to Saturday to see what happens. Then. Oh yeah, that's right. That's all we can do. Appreciate it, Specter. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not like we're we're not. I, I don't feel like we're sitting here, you know, saying you've got to stay with this guy. I'm just. I think what we're trying to say is if folks are asking why it would still be Peyton Thorne, which I feel like is at the, you know, the, I think time, I think timing is also a big part of it as well. I mean, you're not going to, 
scrap it and go to because if you if you move your quarterback if you if you change your quarterback to starting quarterback to be Robbie Ashford or Holden Garner your offense has to be different than what you've been running and you've got an open date after the Georgia game exactly that, again that's not to say you're punting the Georgia no, game. no 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 you're still going with the guy that coming into the season and and all through make, practice you felt like here's the guy that gives you the best chance and it makes more natural sense that if you're going to make a change make a change with two weeks right instead of just one um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think it's, uh, you know, not to say anything about Robbie Ashford and it's just, we have not seen him be the type of passer. I think Auburn wants or needs in this offense, not to say he can't be that guy. Um, but I think they feel more confident based on what happens and it happened in practice and in the preseason that it's going to be Thorne. And then people will push for Holden Garner. And I will say, Garner looked good. There were some traits that really popped on Saturday. They were like, man, this guy's playing with some confidence, some poise. He's getting the ball out of his hands quick. The other thing is, didn't get pressured a ton. Also threw a lot of lot of misses. He just misfired on a lot of them in, in, in completions. He's just going to have to get more reps and get better. It's a lot easier to do that, to make a switch to either Garner or Ashford with a bye week. Because mm-hmm. the, it, if either of those guys are your starting quarterback moving forward – you're very different than what you are right now in terms of your style and your scheme. And for Auburn, that's not easy to do on on a you know just a regular game week. It's not easy for anybody to do. Sure, I mean to to have a something that's really going to change uh, the, the way you've look, been doing. I'm not sitting here. I'm not sitting here and say like with what Specter said like you can't get benched or anything like that. But guys, also your team a uh, team captain. Like it, if they go away from him. It, it has to be made abundantly clear that they are going to be better off doing something else. and like Because it's going to be tough. It is going to be tough to bring a guy in and have him have the offseason that he had and, and establish himself like he did, and then in a handful of games say, yep, it's over. Like, I, I, but, you know, you I, might face that situation. I too. wouldn't call what happened to Peyton Thorne against Cal a benching. It felt like they were rotating quarterbacks and Thorne was on the field at the end when Auburn needed to rally. Saturday felt like a benching. Saturday felt like, all right, this offense is not working with you. We're going to someone else. We're going to see if that provides a spark. Now, that's, I mean, that happened to Bo Nix in the Georgia State game against TJ Finley a couple of years ago. It's not permanent when that happens. Sometimes coaches can just decide, all right, we need to see somebody else with the offense right. today. You're looking for a spark. Right. And and that's. Uh, happens to the NFL every week. Exactly. Getting blown out. They're like, all right, we get, we're, try something else. Maybe mm-hmm. we can see something here. Although it was, it was early enough in the second, like that's that's not something you see in the NFL every week where a team would say, "All right, was it when was Ashford's first snap?" Middle of the third quarter. Yeah, third what was the score? Was it uh, thirteen or twenty? Then they had gone up by two scores by yeah, that okay. point. Yeah. All right, so we need to get to our final break of hour number one. Hey, don't forget David Pascal from Chattanooga joins us uh, in hour number two. But uh, we'd love for you to join in three three four three two one thirteen ninety here on the Thursday Drive. The Lee County Historical Society and the town of Lochapoca invite Call. to be a part of the drive. Call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final couple of minutes here of hour number one. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson. Justin, while we've... Uh, Got a minute or so and don't have any calls. Talk a little bit about everything going on there at the Observer, what you got up, what's coming up. Yeah, so uh, if you 
are somebody who wants to figure out what the heck's going on with Auburn's offense Monday and Tuesday. I got a lot for you. Film room, uh, really, really uh, deep breakdown of like all of Auburn's past attempts or past plays against A&M, kind of what went wrong, what could happen next, how do you get it fixed. Wrote a lot on Tuesday about what Hugh Free said about the offense and just fixing it and what that's going to look like, even if it's not change the coordinator or change the play caller or change the quarterback, what that could look like. Um, and then for those of you who are not worried, uh, are not focused on uh, the game this week and maybe you're a little bit more resigned to what what could happen on Saturday, hey, Auburn basketball started practice this week. Uh, had a ton of uh, basketball practice notes yesterday. And then this morning, we've been doing this 13 for 13 series. We're looking at the 10th anniversary of the 2013 season. I wrote a story about the Georgia game and, of course, the Ricardo Lewis catch, the miracle of Jordan Hare. There's some stuff in that that I discovered going back and looking. It's it's. I don't think there's a more miraculous play I've ever no, seen right. in college you're football. Absolutely uh, right it's about just that. incredible. Shouldn't have been thrown. Uh, to, mailbag to, out to Ricardo. Yeah, mailbag out tomorrow. Uh, coverage over the weekend and then uh, this morning we had a podcast uh me painter dan and our buddies ben wolk and jordan hill former auburn reporters Mm -hmm. now georgia reporters talking uh talking the game this weekend so a lot of good stuff in there about that georgia team uh learned a lot from from those guys we need to get to our top of the hour break we're halfway done again david pascal joins us in just a few minutes stick with us for hour number two of the thursday drive From Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in to hour number two of the Thursday Drive. Bill, Dan, Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer here in the studio. Drew at the controls. All right, yeah. Dan's, try, Dan's trying to tick me off during during the commercial break. I I did not Look, just really, yeah. just just take Otani and 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 just have the Dodgers take Otani and shut up. Like, like I don't I don't need I don't the need. Braves to are going to be fine regardless. Yeah. Yes, but I do I do think leaving the Braves out of it. I do think that if Otani leaves, and it feels like that's incre- in, you know, very likely, um, I'm, a, I'm of the opinion that the smartest thing the Angels should do is trade, trade Trout immediately for the biggest package and not worry about pa- you know, things that can help you win in 24 or sure. 25 or 26. It's a restock. If you, can, if you can trick someone into taking the Rendon contract as part of a Mike Trout trade. I don't think you can I don't know. I mean, do if, that. I, I think that the package, we, we wondered about that with the Nationals. They had a couple of ugly contracts, Corbin and Strasburg, and it's like, could you convince someone that wanted Soto enough to take one of those mistakes off your books with Soto, or would you rather just take the pitch? Wasn't it Josh Bell? Josh Bell. It, it was ended up being Josh Bell. Yep. It was Bell, but I mean, it, but, but I think even Bell was like an expiring sort of deal. It like it was, I mean, Corbin and Strasburg were long-term uh, but but anyway, hey, no, Corbin won ten games. For Corbin, him no, year. Corbin did okay. I, I wonder. Uh, I think there could be some some big names on the move this uh, this offseason for a little bit too. Yeah, and I, and I could see the Braves being involved in uh, in some of it. But but yeah, I mean, Otani 
that that's going to be that's going to be the sweepstakes. All right, that's our baseball talk for the uh, for, for the show. I've yep. got a feeling. I mean, we've we've done it a couple of times, but uh, but yeah, it is. Uh, uh, it's another fun weekend, and, and uh, SEC especially this weekend. And who better to spend some time with than our regular Thursday afternoon guest from the Chattanooga Times Free Press and ESPN Chattanooga? That's David Pascal. David, how you doing today? I'm doing fine. How was College Station? Uh, hot, uh, yeah. and and I I vowed I am vowing that I will never drive through Houston again. But uh, other <laughs> other worst, than that, it was worst great. city to drive in in the world. It was it's unbe- it was terrible. That's yep. the at the most scared I've ever been driving. Yep. Thank God it wasn't at night. If I'd 100%. had to drive through there at night, I probably wouldn't be here. But no, it was the <laughs> great folks. We we had uh, great food. Had a great time, except for. Uh, Except for the ball game, I sat in the stands with my uh, with my wife, and it was uh, God, it was hot, and that was not a fun fun game to sit there and watch. Uh, but but yeah, the trip other than other than Houston, everything else was fine. Gotcha. I told Dan and Justin I'd managed to avoid College Station just because due to the SEC scheduling gurus, mm-hmm. Georgia has never played in College Station, and of course, I covered Georgia for twenty years. Yeah, and that's now ridiculous. Tennessee, they they haven't played out there since sixteen. So Georgia and Tennessee don't make too many trips to College Station. I know all that's about to change, but I've been able to avoid it because I've heard it's hot. It takes a long time to get there. It does. It takes. It was. It was twelve hours. We we came back Sunday. And uh, it took. It was almost exactly twelve hours from the time we left, and we stopped twice to eat and and get gas. Yeah, and even if you fly into Houston or Austin, it's still it's still a little bit to get to get out there. But as well. I'm, I'm telling you, David, it's 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 a it's a nice place to go. I mean, if you can if you could just be there. Sure. Uh, I mean, there's some really good food, and the folks <laughs> are very Billy, friendly. I, I said this you to know, Pat- if you can teleport or something, but I said this to David yeah. last week. It's it's amazing to think that. Oklahoma will play an SEC game in Auburn before A&M and Georgia get together that, in, yeah. in College Station, right? When you think about how long ago, like, they've been in the league. We're going to play that SEC game yeah. before we play this one. And speaking of stretches that feel unlikely, David, uh, Georgia has been to the national championship game three times since the last time Auburn beat them, right? Like, that, that is – and if and if it – you know, if something if, – if it doesn't happen this year and Georgia, as expected, I mean, you could be talking about next year – uh, four appearances potentially. Now that's a long way away, uh, but this is a Georgia. Th- I mean, to say they've got it rolling is uh, is is a is it's a, a bit di- of an understatement. It's a diplomatic yeah. understatement. Uh, although there are, uh, you know, it's it, th- this team isn't necessarily the same team that that won national championships the last two years. Yeah, I guess it's the start of the 2021 season. Georgia's 33 and one with two national championships, and Auburn's 14 and 15 with two coaches. So it's oh, that uh, hurts. Yeah, that could, make, I mean, that, that could be in a promo. Yeah, I know. Well, think about it this way: we have every Thursday we have Jim Donnan on our show in Chattanooga, and when Jim Donnan, he was Georgia's coach for five years. Right. Two of those games went into overtime. You know, they were both in, and they were both in Jordan Hare. You know, Georgia won the one in four overtimes. Uh, Auburn won the one in two thousand. His last year there, but you know, back then Auburn Georgia games had a lot of mystery, and right now you can't find a more Groundhog Day football matchup in the SEC. I mean, you're talking twenty-seven to six, thirty-four to ten, forty-two to ten. I mean, I picked it in today's paper, thirty-three to ten. I mean, it's just it's the same game every year, and it's just 
uh, and I hate that because it's been such a fun rivalry for for so long, but it's just become uh, brutally predictable. Now, you know, a lot of things have to happen to change that. I mean, Carson Beck will have to just be totally intimidated by the crowd and, and just, for lack of a better expression, kind of wet the bed because, really, when you think about this run lately, Georgia has been very, very clean. I mean, Auburn should have won that game in 2016, but, but Auburn throws a pick six. Georgia wins the game without scoring an offensive touchdown. Mm-hmm. It seems like Auburn always makes the mistakes in these games against Georgia, and I, and I don't see that changing Saturday. No, I mean, because right now Auburn's trying to find a passing game. Yeah, that's an incredible stat. Five straight games against power position without 100 yards. I mean, you've got to go, almost kind of got to go out of your way to do that. But, yeah, it is – It's you know, and I know everybody's like, this is year one of Hugh Freeze, and Hugh Freeze has such a good track record with quarterbacks. It's, it's not always going to be like this. But, I mean, it is what it is. There's just no – Auburn's had some historically fast turnarounds with Terry Bowden and Gus Malzahn, but, you know, this isn't going to be one of those type years, and it's just going to take a while uh, to work through some stuff offensively. Of course, then on the other hand, you'll have you'll have uh, some older fans saying yes, but but Pat Dye and Tommy Tuberville went five and six in their first years, and things worked out a little better for those guys. Yeah, I mean they they built the foundation, and you saw it both of those years. I mean, you saw what Tuberville did in Athens. I mean, they absolutely clobbered uh, Georgia that year, and you saw Pat Dye his first year. I mean, that was a team that led Alabama in the Iron Bowl in the third quarter. So yes. Those first teams, even though those were five and six teams, those were strong, mm-hmm. strong five and six teams. So, so are there uh, any weaknesses that stand out from this Georgia team? I, I, I guess we were, we, you know, we were talking on Justin's podcast with uh, Jordan Hill and, and Ben Woke, and I'm so used to Georgia having multiple running backs that everybody would want, and that doesn't seem to be the case thus far this year. Uh, on a, on a team that's been overpowering at that position uh, for, for much of the of the last few seasons. Well, the problem with Georgia has been the the training room. I mean, Kirby Smart said this has been the longest injury list he's ever had to deal with. And I know you've got a lot of people that aren't exactly going to pull out their violins when when they lose you know twenty five players to the NFL the past two seasons and are still number one in the country. But you know, a kid from our coverage area, Lad McConkey from just down the road at North Murray High. I mean, that guy, as you know, he went to Auburn two years ago and had five catches for 135 yards and a 60-yard touchdown. You know, he hasn't played all year. Kendall Milton's been banged up. You've lost Amarius Mims on the offensive line for maybe the rest of the regular season. So you've had some things coinciding with a new quarterback that has not given Georgia that same quick strike capability. I mean, it's, it's interesting to listen to Georgia fans because they've been just so used to being so dominant, but so many of their games have been slow-starting games. I mean, Kirby Smart calls them slow-scoring because, to their credit, they actually take their first couple of possessions and move the ball. They just kind of bog down in the red zone. They've had some kicking issues. So you're sitting there with, like, scoreless first quarters and or three-to-nothing first quarters before they get going. But, you know, last week they really did get on track offensively. But I think the biggest thing keeping Georgia back has been McConkey's absence, Kendall Milton not being at full strength. You know, now you lose Mims up front. I th- it's just been the injuries that have hurt them to this point. Talking with David Pascal from the Chattanooga Times Free Press. And, yeah, and even uh, even in that, that game against South Carolina where, where the offense uh, struggled to put points on the board early, 
Uh, Edwards still finishes with uh, 115, 120 yards on the ground, and, and Georgia, you know, got things rolling. Um, it's a test for Carson Beck, right? First road start. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a, a game where I would imagine the atmosphere, at least initially, uh, will be uh, will be challenging uh, for, for the uh, for, for the road quarterback. Is is there? Glimmer of hope there for Auburn that, that maybe uh, they can they can play on the inexperience of uh, of the trigger man for Georgia. I mean, absolutely. That's where it would have to start if you're Auburn. Is you hope he does get rattled, and, and Auburn historically and Kirby's alluded to it all week. I mean, and, and it's true. Auburn Auburn can be ten and zero, or Auburn can be four and six, and and that atmosphere is always really really good. I mean, I still think it's remarkable what Auburn did in the Texas A&M game last year selling that thing out with that kind of atmosphere. And, yeah, it would have to be a, a bet mistake that would have to have Auburn. Now, the flip side of that is that Thorne and, and Ashford can't do anything. I mean, they've got to play absolutely as clean as they can. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, and Beck is not throwing the ball downfield uh, like Bennett did. I mean, I saw a stat from the other night against UAB. His throws to Brock Bowers average one yard down the field. But Brock Bowers' yards after catch oh, yeah. was like 12 or 13. And so, you know, you can expect a lot of that if you're Auburn. I mean, why would you not go to Brock Bowers a lot? Yeah, well, what Auburn needs to do is is be able to hang in there, keep it close, uh, keep it, uh, you know, where they're not multiple scores behind and hope that the crowd can, uh, can, can keep things going and, and try to rattle Georgia. Yeah, it's got to stay a one-possession game for as long as it can. I mean, if, if that – if Georgia gets up 10 nothing or 14 nothing mm-hmm. uh, at any point in that first half, I th- I, that's where you're in trouble just because Auburn has shown it can't throw to come back. And, I mean, I just – and, again, when you're talking about Auburn in the trenches and Georgia in the trenches, through the years they've had great wars in the trenches. But right now it's, it's Georgia that's sending their guys in the trenches to the NFL. Yeah, no question about it. David, I want to get your thoughts on a couple of, of the other SEC games or games around the SEC – um, Florida at Kentucky, this can, you know, Devin Leary, uh, has, has thrown more interceptions or as many interceptions, uh, this year as he did the entire season last year at NC state. Remember when Yet Florida, the cats are unbeaten. Remember when Florida never lost this game? Yeah. And well, and I just, I remember a few weeks ago when uh, nobody thought Florida was going to win three or four games this year. Um, they look a little better now. What, what do you think of this one? I think this could be pretty interesting. Oh, I think it's very interesting. And, of course, the the glaring stat, but you kind of think about it, and you're like, well, yeah. Uh, Florida has lost 14 of its last 16 games away from the swamp. Wow. Let that one one settle in. Um, You know, you're talking about the quarterbacks, and let's flip it over to Graham Mertz. I mean, we talked about this after it happened. I mean, he did not look bad against Utah. He was just running for his life, getting sacked five or six times. He had a really nice game against Tennessee. Now, granted, you know, most of that was in the first half, and they kind of let the air out of the balloon in the second half when they were up 26-7. But you could – I mean, you bring up David Leary, you could certainly bring up the argument that is Graham Mertz the best transfer quarterback in the SEC so far, meaning the newcomers because obviously – Jane Daniels at LSU, you know, transferred before this year. So, uh, I mean, and you can make that argument that, that Mertz is the best. So, I, you know, I kind of went against the grain, and I'm picking Florida. I know Kentucky, which, which sounds funny to pick Florida as a slight upset winner over Kentucky. I like, like Florida said, in the I mean, points for sure. And so, yeah, because, I mean, it's a credit to Stoops. He's won three of five after losing 30-something in a row. Kentucky lost 30-something in a row. So, 
you know, they have definitely changed the narrative on on this. I do think the fact it's an early game, uh, you're not worrying about the cold up in Kentucky like you sometimes do. Um, so I, I, I like Florida barely pulling this one out. Another one I think has a chance to be really interesting. <laughs> Max Johnson really stepped up when given the opportunity. I like Max Johnson uh, last week for A&M. Uh, this week, they, uh, they've got – They've got Arkansas this week, and uh, I I don't know if Rocket Sanders is back, but even without, I think this is a heck of a ball game. Well, it always is. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what's so incredible is they've played 11 times since Texas A&M joined the league, and Texas A&M's won 10, and you're like, well, that's got to be really lopsided. But then you go through and look at the scores, and, I mean, how many of these things go to overtime or, you know, last minute? I mean, this is one of the best games in the league every year. And it has that potential again. Any game with K.J. Jefferson gives Arkansas a chance. But uh, I just think, you know, what an unbelievable situation Texas A&M had at quarterback. I mean, because with Max Johnson, that guy threw 27 touchdown passes two years ago for LSU. I mean, how nice would that be, having that as a backup? But, yeah, I went with A&M. I forget when I picked it, like 34-28, something like that. The yeah. thing about this game that's kind of curious is whoever loses it, you're talking about a really disappointing mm-hmm, month. Right. I mean, if Arkansas loses, you'd be two and three, and if Texas A&M loses, you'd be three and two. But you kind of thought you might have a chance to be five and zero. Oh, you know, with a rebound year after last year's disaster. You know, they need a big bounce back year, and an Arkansas win would certainly put a dent into that. Oh no, no question about it. What about LSU Ole Miss? I mean, LSU mm. uh, has the offense the, has the really been has really been cooking. Ole Miss's offense last week, I mean, Alabama did a great job of shutting them down. Lane Kiffin looked like he was he was sort of confused last week. Yeah, you know, Judkins has been hurt, and uh, Dart struggled, to your point. Um, this is kind of an interesting dynamic for me just because the game's in Oxford, but how does Ole Miss get off the mat? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an interesting – I mean, if you're Ole Miss, you want to win that Egg Bowl – that's your biggest game every year, but your next two biggest rivals are, are LSU and Bama, and you're playing them in back-to-back weeks. So how do you come off the mat there? Uh, you know, along that line of thinking, I like LSU. You know, LSU's just so dangerous with Daniels so many different ways. I, I think I picked LSU 31-24, 38-31. LSU does play high-scoring games, so – but I like LSU to win that game in Oxford. If, if you look around, you can find the Auburn-Georgia over-under <laughs> at uh, 45, 45 and a half. Uh, would you like to guess, uh, Bill, LSU will Miss? Uh, 60. 68 Whoa. you can find different places. So I think the expectation is uh, that there could be quite a few points on the board in that LSU will Miss game in Oxford. Hey, uh, David, what about the, uh, the game in Knoxville, South Carolina? Uh, you know, People were, were wondering about Shane Beamer and how good they'd be early on. Spencer Rattler may not have the greatest supporting cast, but uh, right now he may be playing as well as any quarterback in the SEC. Um, I, that's, that's a lot of points. Can Tennessee's about a 12, 13-point favorite. Yeah, I can't, I can't decide on that one. I picked at 34-27 balls. It, it wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me if it was like 41-27 and they did cover – it's interesting. This game's been a 25-point game the past two years, and each team's won one. Right. Uh, so pretty big swings. We all know how last year what happened there and how that knocked Tennessee out of a playoff shot. Um, the, the thing that scares me about, you know, your South Carolina and you're right, Rattler is 
playing really, really well, but they can't run the ball. No. And so after a while, it seems like that would kind of put you in trouble. I mean, Tennessee has been very good this year with lost yardage stops and sacks. So if they can get to Rattler a bunch of times, that would certainly help. I mean, North Carolina sure the heck did. Uh, they got to him a bunch. So um, I think Tennessee wins the game. I, I, but I do think when you have a player like Rattler, he could kind of keep it interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, uh, quickly, I mean, uh, uh, any chance at all for State in the uh, late game with the Cowbells hosting the Tide? You know, that's another one that, uh, you know, if, if, if this game goes like it has the last three or four years, I mean, uh, you know, Saban really took it to, you know, Mississippi State in Leach's three seasons, and I, and I don't know why this would be any different. I mean, I, I just – with what LSU did to Mississippi State – I mean, I think Alabama could do that same yep. type of thing. So I just, I don't. I, I see this being a kind of a one of those thirty to ten type of games potentially. And then we save the 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 quietest unbeaten team from the SEC, Missouri at Vandy. <laughs> Missouri's got LSU at home next week. They've got a chance yeah. to be unbeaten hosting LSU. And I've, I've even heard some talk that uh, maybe game day be headed to Como if uh, if Missouri Missouri holds up their end this week. Yeah, I mean, uh, Swan, I, I don't know if A.J. Swan's 100% for this game. Uh, you know, they had a couple of pick sixes that really buried them last week against Kentucky. Missouri is one of these teams that just loves to live on the edge. They mm-hmm. play more one-possession games than anybody. I mean, last year, six of their last six of their eight SEC games were one-possession games. And you look at the way they played this year, uh, it doesn't matter if it's a win over Kansas State or a win over Middle Tennessee. They just seem to play a lot of one-possession games. So I, I, it wouldn't be if they found a way to win another one-possession game this week, it, it, which means I think Vanderbilt will play them probably a little bit closer than most people think. Yeah, and I think with LSU coming up, Eli loses a little more hair. So uh, it's it's going to be a fun going to be a fun week in the SEC. David, it's always great spending a little time with you. Let everybody know how they can keep up with everything you're doing. Yeah, timesfreepress.com and espnchattanooga.com, the, the double-dipping world. I hear you. Great stuff. Thanks uh, thanks again, David. It's good talking to you. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend. That sounds great. Y'all have a great weekend, too. David Pascal joining us as he does on Thursdays. We'll open up the phone lines when we come back. Love for you to join in. 334-321-1390 here on The Drive. Robert Pig here with ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, 25 minutes after 5 o'clock. Our thanks to uh, David Paschal. Yeah, I mean, with a, with a full conference log, I had, had to get his thoughts on everyone. We're, we're back We're back to the, and this is the last year we can say this, we're back to the full seven-game yeah. SEC conference slate this week. All 14 teams mm-hmm. in action, in league play, and that's the first week of the season where that's been true. And not very many of those weeks. No, there aren't. No, especially when, when, everyone, when no one's got a bye week, and it's just all all, uh, mm-hmm. all seven teams or all, all, all 14 teams in the league playing in seven games. Yeah, that's, there's, there's not too many of those. And uh, what does, – does anything stand out to you as a likelier upset than the others after talking with David? I know, again, not, not to get into the prediction game, but, like, is there 
is there one where you're like, oh, you know, that that's that's a team. I mean, because a lot, I a lot like of these teams Florida are, at Kentucky. I yeah, really now, do. Yeah, now that's, Florida, Kentucky, yeah. that's pretty close to a pick them uh, compared to the other ones. Yeah, I guess it's like, down to like one, one and a half. Yeah, I mean, it started so, it like it started it like Kentucky three or four. So you got Bama's a Bama's a 14 and a half point favorite on Saturday night. Right. No. Uh, Missouri is a 13 and a half point favorite. On I think that one, I agree with David, that one could be closer than 13 and a half. Missouri likes to play them closer. In Nashville. Like. And, yeah. and Vandy's, Vandy's not the old Vandy. I mean, they I still, still can. I still think they're terrible. I think South Carolina can play Tennessee within 12. I do too. That's one to me. I do too. Yeah. I mean, I guess, and you know what, maybe Joe Milton at home is different than the Joe Milton that, that we saw in Gainesville, uh, you know, and, and that, that whole Tennessee offense that was supposed to be. I mean, some of that, Florida had something to do with that. Yes, but, they did. But Tennessee... I you know I, I need to see a bounce back against uh, against a team and, and even you know South Carolina I know can do enough to play Georgia close and Athens for a half. Let's see Tennessee. I, I don't know that that feels Tennessee, like Tennessee though. That the one thing is this is a game Tennessee has really been wanting payback for for last year. So I mean if they get a chance they'd love to drub them. But you wonder if they go in there a little tight. Maybe just Ooh, it, they want it so bad or something. And I, I wonder if I wonder if Beamer can you know if he can win this game. Um, I mean they've got they've got Florida, Missouri, and A and M the next three for South Carolina. Yeah, like tough. this is this yeah. is a tough stretch. And you mm-hmm. you know you you probably want to keep your. Uh, it was a nice win last week. Uh, and I mean how many how many yards did that uh, that fellow from State have in the South? It was like a the state record or uh, it was I mean, two hundred fifty something like yards uh, for 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 Griffin in that game. But no, I, I think South Carolina stands out to me as. I mean, I guess I could talk myself into Auburn, you know, as, as another one, as a, as a two-touchdown underdog I at Auburn, home. Yeah, I think Auburn can keep it in the number, within Carol, the number, if if they, you know, start off well. State doesn't strike you as a team that's, that's going to be able to play. I mean, that's just, I, I just don't see it. I mean, I, I think them really trying to air it back out, and it's not Mike Leach calling the plays that Alabama's going to pick off a bunch of can, passes. Can State, can State sort of force Bama to make – precision throws can the defense do enough to like try to overplay the run and they last week of course that was rattler yeah a whole lot better but i i just don't i don't know i think alabama may score a couple of defensive touchdowns and that may be what keeps the game don't even put don't even put the thought in my mind of rattler on alabama by the way because that would be that'd be really (laughs) to be trouble uh but the uh i don't think that'll happen now so i'm still not like super impressed with spencer rattler a lot of his plays, completing a lot of passes, a lot of short stuff. I wish he were on a. Yeah, team. but he's also running for his life. Yeah, yeah, I think he's that's complete. Yeah. You, know, you know what it is? It's, it's goodness. That offensive line's not very good. I think Rattler. It's like evaluating. No, not. It's like evaluating Bo Nix at Auburn. Yeah, right. Like I, I think, think with Rattler. Is. Although we did see, and we've seen Rattler have a good season at Oklahoma when, when he had better talent around. Games his, against pretty good teams. His, his, his first, his first year at Oklahoma, he was a very, very good quarterback. But the, uh, yeah, I, I do wonder if Rattler is. It's almost like he's um, because because there's not championship caliber talent around him yeah he's, he's he's running for his life and stuff and i i do uh yeah I, I think it'd be it'd be interesting to see him on it like if if he had the goods on a team that was good enough mm-hmm. to be like a top 10 top 15 team which it feels like south carolina still not quite there yet around him so yeah what was there any other i mean i guess we pretty much hit them all right there um, yeah i think that's everybody yeah, we'd, we'd love your thoughts. Hey, it's 5.30. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in. Anything you want to talk about, give us your thoughts on uh, the Auburn-Georgia game. What are you thinking? What are you hoping? Anything you want to talk about sports-wise in the final half hour of the Thursday Drive. 
ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 25 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on 6 o'clock. It's, it's already 534. Uh, I'm, I'm I almost uh, added another hour to the show. I should have even said that. Uh, yeah, uh, we've got about 25 minutes to go. Love for you to join in. Anything that you want to talk about. Hey, while we've got a little bit, um, Justin, talk about First day of basketball practice. You got to see, and you were at practice again yeah. today, right? Was the practice again today? Yeah, Auburn getting underway. Um, they they didn't practice yesterday, but no, it was Tuesday, Thursday, and mm-hmm. then they they go big weekend uh, recruiting wise for basketball as well. Got three five stars on unofficials and a couple on officials uh, this weekend. So it's a huge weekend in recruiting for football. For I, but, I think pretty but, much for for every sport. This, this but ba- is yeah, a this huge is where you, this is where you load it up. This is the this is a good weekend. But yeah. I, this Auburn basketball team is fascinating to me because I think for a team that does not have a certified first-round draft pick talent on their roster right now, and for a team that doesn't have an experienced guard that they can just say, hey, this guy can go take it over an SEC play, help you in the postseason, I really like the makeup of this team. I think the chemistry and the way they fit together, um, I, they have a chance to be better than last year. I don't know how much better they're going to be as a rebounding team. That was something they needed to address defensively. I'll be very curious to see how they put it all together. But I don't. It sounded like sounded like Bruce feels like Cheney. Cheney is is a little more physical, perhaps, than Jalen. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. It's Jalen's a very smooth uh, mm-hmm. uh, power forward, and it's going to be interesting. That I mean, that's a real battle. And um, when we talked to Jalen uh, before practice on on Tuesday about him him battling with Cheney, and he said, "Look, I, you know." I, if if I don't start and they feel like Cheney's the best option to start, it's like, hey, I, he said, I, I think his words were, I can play I can play basketball for 10 more years. This is my last year of college. If it'll help us win a championship, that's what I'll do. And I, I, that's very Jalen. And, and mm-hmm. like also I think it's a testament to just what Cheney brings to this team. Um, I'll say this. I mean, I can't. It's the thing about covering covering basketball practice that I can't like get into like details or anything about like what I saw out there. But I will say this: having watched him at FIU and from what I've seen from him so far, um, buy stock in Denver Jones now. Denver Jones has some of the best shooting mechanics I've seen from an Auburn player uh, in a while. The video of him hitting the twenty shots in a minute is, I mean, it's, and that's it's and that's incredible. Just the the shots, but the thing that stands out to me because guys hit open they shots, all look the same. Shoot, every shoot, every shot, yeah, every shot, every shot. He same. lands in the same spot. His hands are in the same spot. The ball rotates the same way. It's very very pure. Only a handful of guys. I mean, there's we were talking about this today with somebody. Only a handful of guys averaged twenty points a game in college basketball last year. There are thousands of college basketball players in Division One, thousands and thousands. He's a rare scorer. Uh, as Bruce said, he's gotten bigger. He's gotten stronger. I think he is a three-level guy. He's going to be able to kind of uh, attack in different ways. Could be really big. And I'll, and I'll continue to beat the drum here for this. Well, before it's, before it's, we move on from Denver, if you're going to talk about somebody else, I just have uh, okay. one question about Denver because because we had a caller yesterday asking about the three. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they were thinking – Chad. They were thinking Cheney. Yeah, they were thinking Cheney Johnson. Nope. And I, I know Bruce talked about he's, he's more of a four. Baker Mazzara seems like the, the leading – Candidate sure. to get minutes at the three. 
Chris Moore slimmed down a little bit. It's probably going to be your, probably going to play some three this year. Could probably could Denver play at the three sure. with with you know with two sure. of the other guards mm-hmm. on the floor? Because yeah. that's what I was wondering. You could about. definitely run that if you wanted to have a lineup with you know, Aiden or Trey and Katie, some combination of that. Uh, Denver is big enough, I would think, to to play that three as well in, in a pinch. But yeah, I think they would like Chad Baker Bazaar kind of be the guy. Um, him and Chris Moore uh, battling it out there, but. I'll, I'll continue to remind people. I, I know it's tough because just the way the nature of how basketball recruiting is and the signing period and all that, it can kind of like you sign these kids in November, December, and then then the transfer portal craziness happens in April and May, and then you forget like Aiden Holloway is the number yeah, two. Oh, play- by the way, yeah, Aiden Holloway is the number two player Auburn's ever signed out of high school. Number one was Jabari Smith. Number three was Sharif Cooper. That ought to kind of tell you what kind of talent level you, you've got coming in. He's this very special player, special shooter. Um, who's I think the rest of the, who's the rest of the top five there? Wiley would he be on that? Uh, no, maybe? Uh, Mustafa. Uh, Staff's on there, and uh, I think Isaac's on there. JT? No, Isaac's a high high four with, with Thor. It was Thor um, on that? The other, Yoan. Um, uh, um, oh, Yoan's yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Yoan Twitter. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a good list for sure, but like it tells you just how good these guys are. Um, and yeah, Aiden Holloway, I think is going to be a, a pretty special talent. So it, it's a team that's going to be. I think they've upgraded a lot offensively. I think shooting wise, they're they're going to be a better shooting bunch. I think they're going to be able to play faster. I have questions about their defense. I have continued questions about their rebounding. Um, but I like I like the you know a lot of defense and rebounding can be effort and 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 physicality and as Bruce said like this is a group that has worked he's called it his best hardest working group that that he's had since he's gotten to Auburn and I think mm-hmm. when you have several we have several players who are making the jump from smaller levels of competition um, you need you need you need some dudes who are dogs and uh, they've got that and they've got, still got some top line talent and oh by the way um, you know. Uh, you you've got a you got a center coming back who is who's going to be one of the top yeah, returning big I was men in college say, basketball. He's probably your most likely preseason all conference guy. Yeah, he's got a really good chance. He 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 has a real good shot to be first team center. Mm-hmm. There uh, are years past where this Auburn team would be picked to win the league, but I think there's also the issue of there are there's so much talent. There are there, in there, this there, league. There now. are there are four or five teams that are projected right now to be. Uh, six seeds or better in the NCAA tournament uh, by Lenardi, including Auburn, uh, that 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 are vying for uh, for for, con- for for contention in, in the championship of this league. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Let's get back to the phones. Bill, hey Bill. Hey guys, I'm you know call twice in a day, but I, I forgot something I wanted to mention. The uh, the A and M game Saturday. You know, I had a bad feeling when Connor Wigman went out of that game. And Auburn Matt has Johnson a history with backup quarterbacks playing you're very, not, very well. You're not kidding. And I, I, I was all over that. <laughs> so I'm sitting, in, I'm sitting in the man cave. Uh, glad you're in college station that day, not me, which I usually am. And uh, I'm saying to myself, I'll bet this son of a gun. And that's not the, what I, what, exactly what I said. Uh, does something and it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't any time later. He hit the post route and a guy running uh, in stride for a touchdown. And I said to myself, "I'll be a son of a gun." I guess not exactly what I said. And I think the worst thing that happened to us Saturday was Connor Wigman getting hurt. 
Uh, Max Johnson, you can you can say a lot about Wegman's talent and all that, but Max Johnson knew what to do in that situation. It is, he sure it, did. He it, sure did. It's, it's, it's something when you can pull a guy off the bench who was a really good starting quarterback. I mean, before. yeah, like, like David said, you know, he'd thrown 27 touchdowns. But, I mean, for his career, he's yeah. 42 touchdowns and seven interceptions for his career. There's, you know, that what a luxury, what, what an amazing luxury it, it was for A&M to have somebody like that to be able to bring in. Now, Bill, you were at the game. Yes. Now, I usually go to College Station, but this year I didn't go. And when I heard it was 11 o'clock kickoff with a 97-degree temperature, I said to myself, I said, self, I'm ready to go. It was uh, really, really yeah. hot. Yeah. Trust me, I've, uh, I used to call Dan's show after the game many times after College Station uh, game. And, I mean, it'd be a hundred, and I'm sitting in the next to last row in the upper deck, and which is closer to the sun you can get. And uh, we were up there, but yeah. It was row twenty eight yeah. for us or something. It's a, but it's like a great trip. Rows. The people are nice. The, the stadium's nice. It's, it's a, a great it's a visit. Great I wouldn't say it's a great trip because there was construction all the way from Lafayette, Louisiana to Houston, and then you had the nightmare of driving through Houston. So the trip well, wasn't nearly – I mean, if we'd well, flown, maybe it would have been a great trip. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to – I don't actually do this very often, but I'm going to correct you. And uh, anytime you want to go to A&M, it's a great trip, but you got to fly. Yeah, okay. Uh, that, that, gotta, that would be – right. You know what? And I was actually told by someone who's made this trip before, fly to Austin – and fly to, fly to Absolutely. Austin, Texas, and rent a car in Austin, Texas, and drive yeah, to College get, Station. Get the heck that away way. from Houston. I, yeah, was told, I can agree with I was told, by, apparently it's about, it's about equidistant yeah, from, it is. Uh, it is. from, from Dan, Austin, Dan, San Antonio, and Houston. Yeah. Dan, that, that is absolutely correct. Last, well, I went there last year. Uh, we flew into Austin. It's not a bad drive. Uh, the... the, the uh, the airport. I think we flew into. Uh, I can't remember. No, no. I've, I've flown what? into. I've flown into Austin to go. Uh, when Troy plays uh, Texas State. No, San Marcos. Yeah, is, it, it, San it Marcos was, is about a. San Marcos is about a half hour from Austin, and uh, we're, 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 we're TJ Finley's but, playing now. You got. You got. You got to fly into Austin, and go from Austin into uh, to a college station. It's it's, it's it's a great trip, but driving way too. I'm way too old for that. I'm I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it, Bill. But well, I'm not hey, gonna... I just I just wanted to get back, so we made it. Bat- we made it in one day on Baton the way back. Baton Rouge, so. Baton Rouge seems far enough, and the thought that that's the Baton halfway, Rouge is halfway. That's the halfway that's point. Halfway. To, to, yeah, to college. Station. And by the way, guys, I I am going to Baton Rouge. I paid. I'm I'm, I'm flying first class, and uh, I, I don't, don't mind driving to Baton Rouge. Well, I'm not driving. I'm old. You're probably a little bit older than me, but not much. My days of driving those 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 distances are over with, so I'm going to go to the Baton Baton Rouge uh, airport and drive into uh, the game and and uh, I'm going to support this team, win or lose. Uh, been around a long time and I'll continue to do it. But if I had any, any suggestions for old timers like uh, you, Bill, and a younger man like uh, uh, like. Uh, yeah, if you're if you're six foot nine, get first class and fly in. 
if you're an old guy like me, then uh, fly, fly first class too. Yeah, no, I was, I was happy. I was happy. Someone, uh, you know, talking about travel, I was, I was happy to have a chance to pass along that Austin Airport thing. Cause that is, I had, I had someone else tell oh, me like, right. it's amid, right. all, amid right. all the talk about Houston the last couple of days mm-hmm. on this show, they, they've said, yeah, the trick is. You, you fly to you fly to, to Austin and, and rent a car down there, which is uh, yeah, maybe, if Auburn makes that hey, trip. Right. In, if Auburn makes that trip in two years, we don't yeah, know who if knows they will. The next time but, Auburn's going to if the, if A uh, and M is on the Auburn schedule, it should two be sometime in the next four years. But hi right, guys, I uh, enjoy the show and the war. Appreciate it, Bill. All right, we'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Love for you to join in three three four three two one thirteen ninety here on the drive. Yellowwood knows that a five-star backyard is the place to make lasting memories.